Yesterday's concert is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Sometimes in the moment, you're you're thinking like like I said, oh this this might be a, a little stale, but I shouldn't be thinking about that. I shouldn't be judging it in the moment, you know. Uh, maybe we always record all our shows, and I can go back and, and listen to it, and uh, maybe analyze it there and say, oh well, maybe I should have been doing this or or whatever. But you know, in the moment of the jam, uh, I don't think you should be uh, analyzing too much. You should just uh, should just be playing. Welcome to Yesterday's Concert, a podcast that celebrates live music. My name is Lance Ingram, and in this episode we talk to Tavis Conley of Houseplant, a Louisville, Kentucky-based jam band. We talk about forming a band during a pandemic, the Louisville music scene, and letting jams happen. Grab your earplugs as we let this houseplant blossom. Okay, so I'm here with Tavis from Houseplant, and we're going to talk about the band and stuff uh, in a minute. But Tavis, how are you doing today? You doing good, man? Yeah, doing great. Great. Good. Glad to have you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So just to get started, we'll do some icebreakers just to get to know each other, have a little fun, uh, keep it light, and then we'll jump in and I want to learn all about Houseplant. Okay. So first question, what was Houseplant's first show? Uh, first show was, um, it was May 14th of 2021, um, just after the pandemic. Uh, it was, uh, we're from Louisville, Kentucky, and it was here locally um, in Louisville at uh, one of our, our favorite spots, uh, the Millwood Tavern. It's a um, kind of a, a local hangout for all the, the music lovers here in town. And um, the owners are super, super supportive of the local music scene here. So, yeah, it was only logical that that be our, our first gig. Well, so that was actually my second question was, okay. I know you all are big favorites in Louisville. So I was like, what's your favorite venue to play there? And I think you just answered that one hey, for me. Well, that yes, that would answer it. Yeah. Well, so, okay, let's talk about it a little bit more. So what about the room do you like so much? What's so special about it? Well, I, I think the, the biggest part of it is the owners themselves. They're just super mm-hmm. supportive of the whole music scene. Um, and then... Next to that is the crowd that uh, there's always a built-in crowd. It doesn't matter if it's a local favorite band that's playing there or um, some band that's just coming in through town that uh, they, they scored a gig there. Um, Scott, the the owner there, uh, he's one of the owners, has been open to bringing in these bands coming through town and um, letting them have a place to play. And there's always a uh, an awesome crowd there showing up uh, to check out this, you know, this new act that's coming through town. So yeah, the, the crowd is the, I would say the second part of it. And then the room itself is um, top notch um, equipment there. And it, it always sounds good. They have actually um, 
So they have the indoor stage and then they also do this. They have an outdoor stage. They have this big courtyard. And during the summer, um, they do this Sunday service thing that they they call it Sunday service. It starts like four o'clock in the afternoon and they'll have a band there. How, how this Sunday service thing started, we have a, um, a band here in town called the, the Pranksters. And they play, they've played every Sunday here in town for like the last something ridiculous like yeah. 30 years or something every every sunday so people always would say they're going to church to see the pranksters and uh so then they started the early service it would be a bunch of different bands before the pranksters played so yeah that's the outdoor stage which is very cool it has you know big banana trees behind you as a backdrop very open uh courtyard it's just very fun to play it doesn't matter which stage, inside or yeah. outside. Uh, it's it's cool atmosphere, cool people. Love playing there. So when Houseplant is doing a worldwide stadium tour, this is where we can expect the secret acoustic indie show on New Year's Eve. Is that what I'm hearing? Is, <laughs> yeah. that, is, the, is this where the, the super fans need to start couching out to make sure they get the good spots there? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, mate. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So uh, next question. If you can add any instrument to your band that you currently don't have, oh. what would you add? Horns, another drum kit, violin? What would you throw in there? Man, you know, it's funny you bring this up because we're in the middle of a little recording project and one of the tracks, I think we're going to get a pedal steel player to do a track there for us. Pedal steel is like my favorite instrument in the world. It's so, it can be, you know, like in a, like a country band, it can be be very lick oriented or say in a rock and roll band, um, very atmospheric with the slide it's so slippery yeah. and it just adds so much vibe to a to a tune so anyway we are um we're gonna have a pedal steel on one of the tracks i believe and um that, no that would be so cool like i, I yeah. can already hear y'all jamming with that that would be awesome i don't know if it would be the instrument for you know all the time yep. but like i think it, under the right circumstance the right song i think it would be very very cool you yeah. need to you need to get a utility guy or gal that can do pedal steel as well as well as like trumpet and maybe violin and just yeah. throw it in the mix and just like y'all would crush it with that man that'd be killer yeah <laughs> okay so last question and we'll jump into the conversation this is all hypothetical just fine you're in a jam off your opponents are either string cheese incident or widespread panic who is houseplant going to go up against hmm wow um, <laughs> you know, I love both bands. Um, yes, you know, like I, I guess for the mandolin aspect, I would have to go with string cheese, you know, to that's what I was thinking. I, I don't, I don't want to be a, a you know, <laughs> I don't want it to be a competition by any means because he would kick yep. my ass, but um, <laughs> I think it'd be very cool to to jam with string cheese and with michael king for sure that's what i was thinking y'all trading licks would be really sweet yeah that'd be really yeah. that'd be a lot of fun so yeah that'd be awesome well i appreciate you allowing me to have that just a little bit of fun there to start so let's get into houseplant let's talk about the band some i know y'all started essentially during the pandemic can you tell me how y'all were founded and how y'all came together yeah so it was just before the pandemic started um i started getting together with the bass player tommy it's funny, I, I had known Tommy for a couple of years. 
Uh, we used to get together and watch UK basketball games. And the dude said like two words in the two years that we got together. <laughs> he he actually works with my brother and my brother okay. would come over and watch basketball games and Tommy would come over some. Never said anything. We just watched the ball game. He'd go on home. Uh, my brother and I used to play in a band together. And so one one time after a game, we were just jamming. And Tommy picked up a guitar or a bass or whatever he, he picked up. He started jamming. I was like, man, that, that guy's pretty good. Like, I didn't even know he played music. Well, we we jammed a, a little more after that. And yeah, I was like, man, this guy's really good. Maybe I, I knew I wanted to start a, a project. I'd been, I'd been thinking about it. Uh, my brother and I had a bluegrass band and that had kind of fallen apart um, a few years before. And I had recently gotten um, an electric mandolin. I'd gotten a few pedals and I started messing around with the pedals and uh, getting kind of weird and crazy with the pedals. And so I kind of had this idea for this new jammy type uh, project with me playing mandolin. That was just before the pandemic. When So mm-hmm. I asked Tommy, I was like, yeah, let's let's start this band. So we started writing songs together getting together, working on these tunes. I had a few tunes I'd already started writing. He had a few tunes in his pocket. And then the pandemic hits and we're like, well, you know, this is all on hold. I even had this idea. I bought this little recording interface that uh, he lives right down the road, not too far from him. We were going to record our ideas and songs and pass it back and forth in in each other's mailbox. That's cool. And like, you know, record it on this device and uh, oh, I'll just swing by, throw it in your mailbox. This was before we knew, you know, what in the world COVID was going to bring us. Like, we're still wiping down our mail and our boxes and <laughs> stuff. Like, we didn't know if the world was going to end, if like we were going to live in bubbles for the rest of our lives or <laughs> whatever. So but anyway, we never even got that idea going. I bought the interface and we never even started doing that. It wasn't too long after that to where we realized, okay, well, we can get together on my patio outside mm-hmm. and sit, you know, 10 feet apart and we can still jam and uh, everything's going to be okay. So we did that for a while. Then we added Mike, who is our guitar player. Uh, I've played in a couple um, little side projects with Mike around town for, for a while. I've jammed with Mike for uh, mm-hmm. quite a few years. He's a, he's a great guitar player. Yep. Super tasty. Tasty licks, tasty vocals, always has something good to add to whatever's going on. Um, so we invited Mike over, jammed with him a couple of times. And uh, we were like, well, we need a um, need a drummer. Mike said, I know a drummer. He just moved from Arizona. He moved here in town. He actually lives right down the road. I was like, give him a call. So next thing you know, Jeremy joins the uh, the picture. And then shortly after that, we uh, we added Chris. And that was about Thanksgiving of um, 2020. Yeah, and that was all during the, the pandemic. It's interesting. I, had the pandemic not been going on, I think we would have been anxious to get out and uh, start playing live, play, play shows out in front of people. But since that wasn't a possibility, we were allowed to develop an original repertoire of songs, uh, develop the songs that we have. It's it's kind of crazy. I've been in original projects before, but I never really realized, like, if you're playing a cover song, 
you can work that up in in like one rehearsal because the template's already there. You know, like, oh, well, this is all I have to do. But when you're developing an original song, you might have the chord structure already written out. You might have the lyrics. You, you have all this stuff, but there's so much more into how this song is going to to work. You know, it's a lot more that goes into developing mm-hmm. a song. And even after we get it to a point where we're like, okay, we're ready to, to play this song, we'll revisit it and say, well, let's try this, change things to make it work better. What what would make this song work better? Um, yeah, we, we change it up quite a bit. Anyway, I'm <laughs> kind of rambling here, but... No, 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 this is good stuff. Uh, well, that's... Okay, so, uh, I mean, I want to talk... There's so many things I want to break out from that, so I'll just start with the most obvious one for me, the electric mandolin. Y'all yeah. are not a jam grass band. I didn't yeah. even know there was an electric mandolin until I started looking at the, the band members. Yeah. Like, that... You know, to me, the closest thing I think of to that is like Dave Matthews band when they had a violin player. Uh-huh. You know, that seems like such a deliberate thing for your band. And I mean, can you talk about I know that's what you play. But can you talk about just not making it a jam grass band? Why you've used it the way you have in your music? Yeah, because, yeah, I used to be in a bluegrass band and I, I can, you know, kind of pick the mandolin in in that style. I guess jam music, there are certain songs that you know you can get that train shuffle beat jam mm-hmm. bands do that a lot fish does it goose does it i would say most of the jam uh band songs are a little more uh groovy funky laid back uh mm-hmm. kind of thing and it is just a different style of of playing i do whatever it whatever needs to happen to to um fit in with the song. I, I don't do a lot of the, the lead playing. I think uh, my role in the band is much more rhythmic oriented. I I do come up with little licks that the song is based around. And then when it comes to the actual, someone taking a lead that's uh, more left up with to Chris and to Mike. And yeah, and I just kind of lay back and, and try to fit in into the groove however I can. I mean, it's really cool how you do it, though. I mean, it really is like, I, I mean, that's like I was talking with a buddy. I was like, hey, man, have you heard of house playing? He's like, no. And he went and checked him out. He's like, oh, there's there's not two guitars. It's a mandolin. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's sick, right? And he's like, yeah, this is cool. It's an inventive way, I think, to use it. And it's, I mean, you're not doing it in the jam grass way, but you're doing it more in the traditional jam band way. And I, I just think it's a really cool way that you're incorporating it into your music. Yeah, well, well, thank you. Um, it wasn't very premeditated it, it was just uh it, i don't know it just happened changing gears a little bit but that's i want to know y'all are based in louisville mm-hmm. and you know my even though i'm in tennessee so i don't have a lot of room to talk kentucky has its own stereotypes and national perception yeah uh, yet louisville seems to be building a pretty cool name for itself uh just i mean several different festivals my morning jacket there's just different things that it's really generated from can you tell me about the scene in town and what that's like and how that's helped form the band? Yeah. So for, I don't know, 30, maybe even 40 plus years, Louisville has been kind of known in the underground punk scene to uh, have, have a really strong um, presence there. Levi's even did something recently. They they had this uh, reissued gene that was, I forget what it was called, but it was like, a tribute to the the underground punk scene here in Louisville. And then from there, uh, yeah, My Morning Jacket, absolutely. Big influences um, on on us. 
And then, you know, they, they don't exactly fit into the, the jam scene, but they're, they're kind mm-hmm. of like on the they're fringe. Adjacent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. On the fringe of jam. Yeah. So the, the jam scene here as uh, a lot of, a lot of great bands, smaller bands, but mm-hmm. I, I think, um, I think the scene is in the early stages and really has uh, a lot of potential to, to have a lot of, of these young bands come out of it. A lot of really good, strong bands. I mentioned earlier, I was in a couple original uh, projects. This was probably early 2000. And there were always some some local music supporters of that. But something in the last like five years, and I, I attribute a lot of this to the Melwood Tavern, uh, being such uh, supporters of the local jam scene, but yeah, there's a m- much stronger support system um, now. It seems like of of the jam community. How, let me let me interrupt you there. Yeah. How important do you think it is for for venues, especially like local venues like that, to support young growing artists? I mean, like it sounds like this tavern is really helping form the scene in a lot of ways. And that's, I think about there was a town in Tupelo that I lived that they had a little pub that had a small stage that I mean, like. Gary Carlick Jr., Marcus King, all these names played on it well before they were a name. But that was, I mean, like that was always the place I would go on a Friday or a Saturday night to see music. I mean, how imperative do you think it is to have venues like that for, uh, for scenes I, that are growing? I think it's massive. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't know if that was their mission starting up the place. I think they they uh, wanted to have uh, a bar and they wanted to have live music. It has become uh, like this communal space for for the music not only the musicians here in town but the music lovers like you said like i don't even know who's who's playing there tonight but i'm sure it's a great band and i could go up there tonight and uh enjoy whoever was playing and and this is more recently than than anything else they these bands from out of town have started coming by and scott the owner um i'll see him he's like yeah i got another message from this band up in uh, Massachusetts or or wherever, like they want to come play, come play at the Melwood Tavern. Um, so cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And and before that, we would have uh, a venue here in town, and it would it would be like the the same local bands just kind of rotating around. And now we have like uh, national acts coming through and stopping in, playing playing at the Melwood Tavern. Um, I think it's I think it's massive. They they have a um, they have a, a big part to do with the the local mm-hmm. scene here for sure. Y'all are a young band by all accounts, really and truly only two years together. You haven't released your first your debut album. And you're you're really like, I mean, even when I searched for you on Reddit doing some research, like y'all already have several mentions in the jam band threads and things like that. So I mean, you're mm-hmm. really rising in the ranks quickly, it seems, uh, especially yeah. coming out of COVID with that in mind. So I mean, like, you haven't been together long, but like your jams are incredible. I mean, I really, it sounds like you guys have been together for 10 to 15 years, just based on your jamming. How have you achieved this level of jam syncopation already? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know how I would, uh, I would say the biggest part to do with it is that we are all older guys who have played in a lot of projects before. I wouldn't say we're necessarily, we don't have massive accomplishments in other bands but we we've played in other bands. We've we've mm-hmm. been doing it for a minute. Everybody has a great ear 
I don't know. We, I, I think that has a lot to do with our jamming style is listening to each other. I don't think anybody really overplays, which I think is key. Everybody listens to each other and, and finds their spot that they need to be in. Drums are my primary instrument. That's that's what I've always okay. played. And the mandolin actually is fairly new kind of thing to me. So I, I'm just kind of like learning all this as we go. But like, I've always been a huge music lover and I've listened to a lot of music and I, I just absorb as much as I can from it. Well, no, that's that's really great. And that's, I mean, I was talking to another upcoming jam band and they were talking about how jamming doesn't always come easy for them that sometimes it can be kind of difficult coming into it or finding a jam or finding the spot is that something y'all experience is that something you feel when y'all are jamming or does it come fairly easy for y'all it's night to night you know uh sometimes we can get in a jam and and in the most unexpecting uh song you know like we played a show recently where we were playing it was a cover it's kind of like a little folk tune that we usually play and it's, you know, five, five minutes maybe. And, and we wound up in this jam and, you know, it started in a uh, major key and somehow we, you know, we end up working it into minor and then it, this jam and this folk tune that usually lasts about, you know, five minutes. I think that it ended up being about a 15 minute song. So, uh, it's great. Yeah, just sometimes it happens very easily and naturally. And then uh, sometimes you get in a jam that you're like, this, I don't know, maybe we should move on now. And, um, but I, I say that I've been in a jam where I'm like, this is, this is kind of stale. Maybe we should uh, wrap it up. And then I, I start trying to wrap it up. And then, you know, somebody does something differently. Yeah. Then we're in another 10 minutes of jam. So, you know, it's, I don't know. They're never planned just happen and it's uh it's pretty cool to to watch sometimes in the moment you're you're thinking like like i said oh this this might be a, a little stale but i shouldn't be thinking about that i shouldn't be judging it in the moment you know uh, maybe we always record all our shows and i can go back and, and listen to it and uh maybe analyze it there and say oh well maybe i should have been doing this or or whatever but you know in the moment of the jam uh, i don't think you should be uh analyzing too much you should just uh should just be playing well that's, i i want to back up a little bit just because you may have answered it already but and i'm sorry if you have but did y'all set out to be a jam band like did you or is it just jamming is something that's kind of flowed out of the music that you're creating i, I think jam music is definitely most of our uh, most of the guys in the band, that is our background. Uh, I okay. would say everybody in the band, with exception of Chris, the keyboard player, our favorite band, Jeremy, Mike, Tommy, and myself, our favorite all-time band is probably probably Fish. Chris doesn't come from quite the, the jam, jam uh, band background. He has more of a, a jazz uh, background, but he... He listens to fish, enjoys fish. But yeah, I, I would say that collectively jamming that style is is definitely like, I don't know if we set out to be a jam band, but that would be the biggest factor in it. Now, that being said, I, I don't know if that's 
all we would want to be known, you know, like I think we would want to cross over into some other genres as well. Uh, like we were talking about my morning jacket earlier yeah. to be a, a fringe jam band, maybe like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, I don't like putting labels on music. We are what we are. We jam, you know, yeah. like I, I'm completely fine with that, but I think we'd also like to, uh, to get into some indie type uh, scenes as well. So are y'all writing any music that is kind of in that vein or doing anything to kind of step towards that then? I, I think a lot of our songs uh, we kind of approach it in more of an uh, indie type way. And then we have the jam section in there. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think, I think Goose kind of approaches things like this as well. Yes. I mean, they consider themselves uh, indie groove. That's mm -hmm. their, their genre. I believe they put, you know, on themselves. Um, regardless, I, I think it's, I think it's fitting, but they definitely jam. I think they're definitely a jam band, but they definitely have indie sounds and influences in in their uh, tunes themselves. Well, so, I mean, just thinking, you know, for basing genres on just kind of a, a basis of how media sees it a lot of times, typically we see like indie bands, pop bands, things like that. Their, their, uh, their studio releases are really kind of what the, the audiences latch on to. Whereas jam bands, it's typically more the live show is really what brings people in for a lot of for like, Goose is kind of the exception in that just they are kind of paving a new genre in that way. But so that's I mean, do y'all are y'all working on your debut album? Is that something that's in the works or is that something you can talk about? Yeah, yeah. So we have uh, one, our, our first single uh, already mm -hmm. released. It's called Acetone. You can find it on uh, Spotify and Apple Music and all the streaming places. Um our second single, uh, Cocoon, should be out, uh, I believe, next week. So keep an eye oh, out. Oh, killer. That. There we go. Yeah. And then the, the album, uh, we are still, still working on it. I had uh, hoped that it would be out this year, but it might be early next year before it's, before it's out. I think, you know, any, any jam band recording an album goes through this we we took a, a few of our, our tunes and kind of reworked them cut out some big jam sections of them to to make them more album friendly hopefully it translates well and 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 works and doesn't offend, doesn't offend too many people i don't know <laughs> but yeah like so cocoon our the single that's coming out next week Live, it has a jam section on the end that I would say is it's probably most people's favorite part of the song. And we completely just cut that off. You know, like uh, we turned it's a five minute song now. Wow. And live, it sometimes stretches 15 plus. So, um, but yeah, I would say the, the head of the song, Cocoon Proper, it's kind of a little more like a, a folk song. It's not funky. It's it's a little more on the folky end of things. So uh, I, I think it sits well by itself without the jam on the end. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why people like the jam more than the song. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, that, that actually brings up two questions that I wanted to get into. Like, I mean, as a band that jams, because I'm, I'm going to stop calling, referring to y'all as a jam band. I'm, I'm going to call you a band that jams yeah, to make it right. fair. Yeah. So how is how is the balance of writing songs versus jamming 
I mean, where where does that play in the live show as well? We're still very new. I, I consider ourselves very new, and we're we're still writing songs, developing songs, developing our sound in our practices. So we've been uh, we let's see, well, starting early 2020, a little over two and a half years playing together, not out, but just playing together as a band. Um, I would say 90, 95% of our practices have been on the songs themselves. We very, very seldom discuss like anything about the jams. Once we get into the jam, everything that happens is never scripted. We just, whatever happens, it's very organic. It just happens. Yeah. We have discussed that eventually, once we get our repertoire to where where we we want it, and we'll always be writing new new tunes and learning those. But like we hope to be able to get in there and kind of dissect jams and talk about, hey, it'd be cool if we did this or or whatever. But right now, it's just we just kind of wing the jams, and um, yeah, all our practices we just uh, work on working up new material. As far as a live show, we we have certain songs that we know is going to be more of a, a jam vehicle than than other songs. We have maybe a handful of songs, not many, that we consider just you know a four minute just proper song. Mm-hmm. We just get through it. There's not we're, we don't expect to jam in it. Uh, we're just going to play this tune and we're going to move on to the next song. Most of our songs we we do like to jam a little bit on. So yeah, well, and that's I was gonna. That was the other part of my question was, you know, do you have songs that it's like we already know we're gonna jam on this one? I mean, just listening through the the shows that you have up on Bandcamp, I noticed Firefly Part One pretty much always gets a good long jam on it. And you were mm-hmm. just talking about Cocoon having a really long outro jam. Do you just kind of like see what songs you're feeling in the moment and say like, hey, let's jam this out? and just kind of let it happen naturally? Or are there songs that you're like, yeah, we're going to end up jamming this one out? I don't think it's ever discussed as a band. Tommy and I will, uh, we kind of trade off uh, taking turns writing this, the set list for each each show, which we do most of our shows. We will uh, already have a set list uh, written out. We have done maybe one or two shows without a set list and I just think we end up like killing too much time in between songs. Mm-hmm. I like the flow of of a, a show when we have a set list written out. Very seldomly do we um, call an audible and deviate from that set list, but I'm not opposed to that. Um, but I think it just keeps all of us on the same page. We know what we're getting into going into this. I think as we grow as a band, maybe we can get away from that a little more. Maybe. Um, call more audibles. Oh, well, right now I'm feeling this, or maybe the crowd would enjoy this more, but I I like having a set list. I like the way it allows us to flow from one song to another. And then, so yeah, to, to answer your question, when I write out these set lists, I will have an idea of, okay, we're going to like, we're going to stretch this one out a little more. And whether we discuss that or not, I think all the guys in the band kind of can look at a set list and see, oh, well, this song was first, second, third, and we closed the set with this. So 
we're probably going to jam that one a little longer because of the songs that preceded it. Those we don't jam out as long. So this one's probably going to be the big jam uh, song of the set. I, I think they can kind of see that and uh, know without even discussing that. One of my kind of kind of as you start to close, I wanted to I wanted to ask you this earlier, and I'm just now getting to it. But as a younger jam, a, ba- a younger band that jams, correct myself there. <laughs> what are some of the unique challenges that y'all are kind of experiencing, especially with like, I mean, touring seems like it's harder than ever now. And, and I mean, what are some of the challenges? I don't want to speak for you. What are some of the challenges y'all are seeing? Well, you you mentioned touring. Touring would be a a massive uh, challenge for us. I don't I don't mm. know as if touring's ever gonna happen for for mm. houseplant. I, I don't see it in the cards. We are we're all um, well, not all of us. Three of us are mid forties, and then the other two are mid late thirties. But we are all married. Um, all but Chris have kids. We all have regular daytime jobs. I wish that houseplant was my full-time full-time job, but um, mm-hmm. I probably put in enough hours on houseplant weekly that it could be my full-time job, but um, yeah. I also have uh, another full-time job and so do all the other guys in the band. So I, I don't see touring happen- happening for us, at least not anytime soon. A lot of things would have to happen. A lot of things fall into place before we could all just uh, just abandon our normal lives. And who knows, yeah. you know, but we could we could very easily just in the summer hit some festivals, uh, maybe grow our audience a little and maybe do some weekend stints uh, here and there. And I'd be happy with that. So that's not a bad way to live. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, touring would be a a massive challenge for, for houseplant. Mm -hmm. Some other challenges, I'm just finding time for it. Uh, I I mentioned before, yeah, like uh, we, we have a great, great team of uh, friends that have been behind us from the very beginning. I'm super, super thankful, grateful for them. My wife Colleen being being one of them, she she puts in um I couldn't tell you how many hours a week doing houseplant stuff. But yeah, just finding time to to do all the things. We recently launched a, a website and have all our merchandise up there. And so just fulfilling all the, the merchandise orders, uh getting them all packaged up, getting them to the post office. Um, I don't know. It's just uh, there's a lot that goes into it behind the scenes that requires a lot of help from a lot of different people. And I'm very, very thankful for people that that help uh, help us out in that regard. Man, that's cool. That's really cool. Well, to end on, I don't want to end on a a sour note per se. but (laughs) So so what's what's something exciting coming up for Houseplant in 2023? You got a new album? So what else yeah. is on the on docket that's exciting for you? Well, the yes, the album we we got a, a an email today from a festival. Uh-huh. I don't know. We'll see what comes of that. But I, I, I'm very excited about the 2023 festival season. Um, mm-hmm. I think uh, we hopefully could um, play some very fun festivals 
festivals with some um, with some cool bands. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. That's uh, cool. Yeah, I'll just leave it. Yeah. That's no, that's really cool, dude. That's really cool. Well, I mean, I just again, I just want to say I really enjoy listening to your band. Uh, I discovered you guys on Spotify, took a long, deep trip down your uh, band camp page. Uh, just really inventive, really enjoyable stuff. And so I just I want to commend you guys for what you're putting out there. And I, I really look forward to what what's in store for y'all, especially next year with the new album and everything. So yeah. congratulations, man. You do a great job. Well, thank you very much. And for yeah, sure. you, talking about diving into Spotify, um, Spotify is a little bit limited right now, but we should have that album out soon. And then we're also going to do um, like a compilation live, live album to put on Spotify as well. So there should be some more content on there. That's awesome. Soon. But yeah, well, that's awesome. I, I can't wait to listen to more of it, man. Well, thank well, you thank so much. You this much. has been yeah. a pleasure today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Yesterday's Concert. Thoughts, similar experiences, disagree? Let us know on Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. Or you can email us at info at yesterdaysconcert.com. If you're feeling kind, give us a review on Apple Podcast. Otherwise, Until next time, give us a subscribe, check out our website, yesterdaysconcert.com, and most importantly, take care of your shoes.